I am Doug Friedman. I'm Bonnie Ray. And this is Your Mental Breakdown, the podcast. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. Thanks for having me again, Doug. You're welcome. I'm very happy to have you. It's funny. I told you this. So when I worked in the music business, I used to work with Bonnie Raitt, Uh incredible guitarist, singer, songwriter, and a wonderful person. I actually really like her. And when I call you, sometimes I'll just tell my phone to call Bonnie Ray. (laughs) It's happened a couple of times where it will call Bonnie Ray, not Bonnie Ray. I don't have her on my speed dial, but Bonnie Ray's manager. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh man. And I had to change the the ID and then it called Bonnie Raitt's like old manager's assistant or something. I'm like, oh God, I got to take all that out of there. But it's, yeah, it's funny. It ain't, it ain't nothing like the real thing right there. Ooh, good one. Listen, people have thought I was Bonnie Raitt my entire life. I've had really? so many stories about things like this, whether it's like for some, I mean, I mean, who has Bonnie Raitt in their phone? I feel like now I've met multiple people that have Bonnie Raitt or people have Bonnie really? Raitt in their phone. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, jokes all the time. I'll go to a doctor and they'll be like, you know, I saw your name. I'm like, yeah, Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, it's wild. So I, I met her in high school. A friend of mine was going out with my sister and his dad managed Bonnie Raitt. And we all went to a show. We met her backstage and she was awesome. She was telling us dirty jokes backstage. And it was like, oh my God, yes. this like blues legend guitarist, amazing person is telling us dirty jokes. This is great. I love it. It's fantastic. Fast forward maybe five years and I start working in the music business. I work for my friend's dad's partner, but I'm working in part for Bonnie Wright. And I go up to her house to take something to her. Uh, Cause we didn't have email. We had fax machines or something. So I took a bunch of stuff to her and she looked at me and just went, Oh, you're Noah's friend. I'm like, yeah. And she remembered meeting me five years earlier backstage at a show. That's ridiculous. Wow. That's ridiculous. You, you're special. <laughs> she couldn't, she could not forget that sweet Doug face. Oh, that's very kind of you to say, but that's not true at all. More importantly, what is your favorite Bonnie Raitt song? Ooh, wow. You know, I I think it might be Nobody's Girl. Okay. There are a few, but that that one, yeah, that does it. I love her version of Angel from Montgomery. Mm. Speaking of giving us something to talk about, (laughs) that's another one of her songs. Yeah, yeah. That's Uh No, uh I didn't. That went right over my head. That's okay. That's all right. How are you doing? I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Is it weird for you? Like you're no longer like the guest spot that's on every six months, but you're like coming back, coming back soon. I'm kind of into it. It's it's <laughs> I mean, both of us, but no, truly, here's the thing. I was saying this to my wife. Both of us have creative backgrounds and right. it's not to say that therapy is not creative. I find therapy incredibly creative. Totally. Even a little like improv. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen that day. I don't have a plan. I just show up and my clients and I go somewhere together. My point being to be on this podcast, to have it be about your therapy and to get get to just show up and talk about somebody else's work is pretty awesome. And also I can do it while wearing my pajamas. That's also pretty awesome. (laughs) Not that I don't do therapy in my pajamas (laughs) waist down currently. (laughs) Right, right. It is, it is weird, I think, listening to someone else's therapy. When you say someone else's therapy, you mean yeah, as a yours. therapist. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. my therapy practice. And we don't really get that experience at all. I think in school, we were taught by virtue of watching some sessions, but not a whole lot. Not right? I honestly, Doug, I don't think in school I watched any therapy sessions, maybe once. Not like those bad therapy videos from the 70s? Yeah, maybe one. I can remember one specific right. one, but not really. What about the the two-way mirror or the one-way mirror, whatever it's called, where you can no. see through the other side? You didn't do that thing either? No, I did experience that in a couple's therapy training after school. 
Oh, interesting. Where there was a video set up in the other room and we were listening right. to what was happening live in the moment. So, right. no, it is a unique thing to listen to another therapist do therapy as a therapist. And I think for me, because we're referring all the time, it's like, I don't know what really happens in the room. Right. I'm right. just going off of, I've heard this therapist is really great from some clients of theirs, or I just know the person and through our conversations that mm. like you can maybe tell, like, I think this is a good therapist. They're smart. They're easy to talk to. It's interesting too, because I, I've met many, many, many therapists and they can be really cool people and great people. And I think, oh my God, they're compassionate. They're empathetic. Like they seem really sharp. They'd be great. And they may or may not be. Totally. I wish we saw more of, I wish there were more checks and balances, but it's, I don't know. It, it's very subjective. I equate it to like going to see a car mechanic and people are always looking for a good mechanic, right? Okay. But it right. might be a good mechanic to work on your Audi, but it might not necessarily be a good mechanic to work on my, I don't know, Yugo or my Hyundai or my Rolls Why Royce. did you give me an Audi and you Hyundai? <laughs> I have several cars. They're Hot Wheels, but you know. I'm really digging my VW Atlas Crossport as a, as a parent has the largest trunk space and the space between the driver's seat and the passenger seat and the back row is long. So my daughter, we, we can just have a little space in the car. That's great. Wow. Highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. But I, I need to caution you against like naming a brand that isn't paying us top dollar for sponsorship. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, cut that out. I just got really excited. We're leaving that in as a promo. Maybe they will come around and start. If VW, us. if you're listening to us, that will cost you ten thousand dollars. That's right. That's to right. Bonnie Rate. <laughs> Way to bring it around. Way to bring it around. On that note, on the Bonnie Rate note, let us dive into some Sarah and see what is going on with her. And we will be right here waiting for you to break it down in a minute. It's been one of those days for me too. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Like appointment run late and this meeting ran late. And then I had to run to this other meeting. And then that one was late. And of course, all of them were run by me. So everybody was just waiting. <laughs> right. So right. it's very stressful. For me, it's very stressful. If you needed to dump some stress, dump it. What about that moment that you get to just go, Oh, what a day before the breath, even just that release. Yeah. And I was actually so proud of myself today because never once in my life have I ever said to myself, it is what it is. I, I can't be in two mm. places at once. I just get more and more stressed and more and more stressed and stressed and stressed and stressed. And today, I don't know if it's the therapy or maybe my old age. <laughs> <laughs> but I, for the first time in my life, just told myself, look, I'm doing the best I can <laughs> and mm. I can't be in two places at once. So. And everything turned out fine. Overall, when I look at it from the perspective of my life, nobody else was stressed. So overall, right. me being stressed is the actually the only person that's stressed. It was a good life lesson. Yeah, I'll scratch the life lesson part in a second. Tell me when you were able to say to yourself, well, it is what it is. Did you hear yourself saying it to yourself? Was I it reassuring did. saying it? Yep. Yeah? Yep, I did. And another thing you'll be very proud of me for hmm. is there's more bad attitudes coming at me at work. And I, I can't explain the shift. Probably you can explain it to me. This time, I didn't take any of it on me at all whatsoever. Hmm. So I don't know if they felt that from me and changed their attitude or what, but it was, it was very different. There's some changes happening at the company. Sure. There's some things going on that aren't 100% how we want them to be. Right. None of it concerns me, except that I, I work for the guy who's in charge of making all the changes. 
So it's kind of a, a, you know, a, a couple layers of things that were going on. But when I walked in on Monday, I felt it and I just mm. carried on like, you know, just, Hey, good morning. How's everybody's weekend? And just totally like pretended wow. like I didn't feel it at all. Right. And just carried on. It was almost like, you know, how you play reverse psychology with kids, take away the attention that they're seeking and they just get and more and more screamy and more and more whiny and throwing fits. I just stopped doing that with my kids. Mm. And I almost felt like that was kind of the attitude I had at work. Like I just stopped doing that because yeah. I was like, I don't know, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> and it, I don't know, it seems to work. <laughs> How was it for you? Was it weird? Was it awkward? Was it different? Did it feel relieving? Did it feel less stressful? It felt relieving and less stressful because I know it's not about me. (laughs) It might be about me in their minds, but it's not actually about me at all. Two things just on that bit. One, it was really cool just now, as I asked you, how was that? Did that, your shoulders went up and down in a cool shrug that looked like the equivalent of taking a breath and exhaling it. And the look on your face was, was like, it was relief. It looked like relief. You're smiling as you're saying this. Yeah. And that that idea that, yeah, it's it's not about me. I'm not taking it personally. I'm not taking it on. Otherwise, the shrug would look different. Like, I don't know why they're doing all this. And yeah. Why they, and the shoulders <laughs> would stay up and you'd be tense like that. It's, it's very different. And you saying, I don't know if they noticed it. You noticed it. Yes. And I'll go back to something. When you said you'd be proud of me, you said that to me twice already. What about you? I'm proud of me because I've done two things that I would normally like never do. Or maybe I'm really starting to take some things to heart and just apply them. If you think way back to when we first started, the whole reason I came to you was because it was just too much, right? It was getting to that point where it was just... It was too much. Everything was too much. And as we discussed, I am a genuinely happy person. So the thought or the feeling of my life being so difficult and so stressful and anxiety is just, I hate it. So a lot of it is me. I'm bringing the stress and the anxiety to a situation or I'm taking somebody else's on, which is not my problem. Right. More than anything, you're experiencing that now. And there's, I'll talk about permission in a second. First, I'll talk about pathways. It's the P's today because you're not taking it personally and you're proud of yourself. All the P words. Right. And the two that I think are are pretty, (laughs) another one, profound is that for you, a lot of what your brain knows how you've been are the pathways that have been carved out from long ago. And we just go that way. Our brains just do that. I take it on. I just do that. Why? Because I can. As you say to me sometimes, man up. I I was the one that would man up. And even the experience today that you had, you know, even though it was stressful (laughs) and we don't like that, the experience of it for you in the place that you are now is oh, this is okay. You're creating new pathways in your brain actively. It's something that you can do consciously and something that happens unconsciously. What do you think is allowing you to kind of carve these new pathways and do things a little differently and try things a little differently? I actually thought about it Hmm. before we started. I've been taking a trip, not just with you in therapy, the crossover into my, what I think of as previous life and the stresses and the, and the like triggers of that. But with my brothers and sisters, we've been going into some stuff. And I think that at my age, when I look at my life now and what I have to deal with versus that, I just have this moment where I'm like, wow, like that. It really puts things in perspective. And, you know, like you always say, like, this was important for you to do because it was for survival. Now I'm, I don't need all of that 
to survive. You know, I'm a grown ass woman. I have a wonderful life. Just problems and stresses and anxiety kind of really shrink when you put it in perspective that way. Because I physically told myself, eh, what are you going to do? Like, what can you do? Whereas normally it would have been like, oh my God, heart pounding. And I would have sounded stress when I got there. And, and right. instead today I was smiles and joking and, you know, just, I mean, I hope it lasts, but it was like you said, it's something I'm telling myself to do right now, but I'm hoping that after a while of telling myself these types of things, I won't have to, it will just become part of who I am. Yeah. And I, I think the, the telling yourself, does it feel like that's a command that it, it's, it's an instruction that it's something you have to follow that you're, you're actively like trying to do your homework and, and do this this way, which can be okay. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. No, I don't think so. Honestly, today it was more of a shrug. Like what can I actually yeah. do? You know, so it, yeah. it wasn't so much like, yeah. oh, I failed. I really don't want to be just stressed out the whole day long. I don't know. It was interesting. It made me feel happy. What I hear you describing, rather than the instruction, is the experience of it and doing it. And, you know, sometimes I'll talk to clients and we'll talk about experimenting, like experiment with trying it differently. Experiment. That way it's not an instruction. It's, it's an invitation Here's the other P word that I'll come to, which is what I think you're, you are experiencing and you are doing is permission. You're giving yourself permission. Whereas you never really got that in your, in your past life and in your current life, you don't really give yourself permission to be late for a meeting, to show up or on time for a meeting, to shrug something off, to just say, it is what it is. That was not okay for a long time for you. And previously it was survival that it was not okay. Yep. So that's the pathway that's been ingrained and worn. And now that you are experiencing it differently as an adult that is more in control and able to let go of control in your own life, giving yourself the permission, allowing yourself to just experience instead of forcing something or it has to be like that. And I see you smiling. Yep. Yep. No, I smile because that um pendulum it's always been all the way hyper perfect 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 do everything right and i always have a fear that when i experience how great it is to let that pendulum swing i'm going to just go to the complete other side yeah it's almost like a feel good drug there was a feeling today of that same kind of just i don't know when when i was when i did mdma i just felt like everything was going to work out nothing was stressing me out and it was kind yeah. of how i felt this morning when i made that decision to just be like you know what today's going to be a good day and it is what it is i'm only one person and i honestly can't can say for a fact that I have never done that before in my life. So it was a good feeling. (laughs) I love that. And that to me, that that's the permission. And that's sometimes I've, I've told clients like that are experiencing this and it it is kind of euphoric in a way because it's like, wow, what a release and what a relief. Like what have I been doing to myself all these years? Right. And I say sometimes to clients, have your Molly moments Mm -hmm. in terms of you just you just drop whatever guard you had for a while. It was just no stress. And for me, that's like, I mean, that's like the most amazing feeling in the world. <laughs> I told you the t-shirts are almost ready. The relax, nothing's under control. That's almost what you got to experience. And when I say permission, it's and look at you smiling right I know. now. Like, <laughs> What's going was, on over there? No, I, I was going to make a comment the last time you told me about those t-shirts. Yeah. I have one that says, stay calm, Sarah. We'll handle it. 
So the complete opposite <laughs> of what your t-shirt. So I need one of yours. <laughs> right. You're right. That is the opposite because Sarah is in control. She can take care of yep. everything. So we don't have to. And it's almost like, wait, keep calm. Sarah doesn't need to handle it. <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. And that, that's sort of like, it is what it is. And it's, it's this new pathway that you're creating for yourself. It looks like it feels lighter. It really does. I can't even, and I don't want to get too excited because I kind of feel like this was a fluke. <laughs> but I'm I'm not gonna okay. lie, it I'm, was I'm a stop good you there. day. I'm gonna stop you okay. there for a second. <laughs> yes. When you say I don't want to get too excited, bullshit. Get excited. If you say, well, it might just be a fluke, it might just be these times, that's how you carve a new neural pathway. You do something new one time. Do it again. Great. Now, now you're creating those grooves in that ski trail. Do it repeatedly, and now you've got a pattern. So if it's a fluke, there's no such thing. You okay. did it, like you said, even if it's only two times, that's phenomenal. That's two times you haven't done it before, two times that you're aware of doing it, two times that your brain has taken a new pathway. You have created something new in your brain. Your neurons are now firing and, and the dendrites are sprouting and all the different lingo that you could say for you are actually making yourself smarter and expanding your mind right now. That makes me happy. It's awesome. <laughs> One of your big battle cries is, I need more data. I need more data. You are just giving yourself this incredible data of, wow, we can do it this way. And unconsciously and consciously, your brain is going, is, is processing. I mean, your brain is, blows our laptops away. It is an incredible supercomputer. And it is processing all of this stuff rapidly, whether you're aware of it or not. Yeah. In the same way that when you weren't aware of it as a kid and it was processing and learning things, that's how it got so deeply ingrained and embedded in there in the first place. And a lot of times when, when we experience trauma, we get thrust into that mode mm -hmm. of just take care, have control. What do we do? How do I do this? And your brain will learn that way and will process that way. I'm going to take care of everything, make sure everybody's okay. And everybody get them finds... all out of this fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And now, I, I mean, I'm going to throw that line back at you in a second and say, what you did 100% was necessary for your survival. Yes. Absolutely. And I think we recognize that. We've talked about that. That's where we can have compassion for little Sarah and even for Mama Bear Sarah that came out and had to do what she's doing, okay, we get that. It was absolutely necessary. And what you're, I think, really coming to now is getting rid of what you can now go, getting rid of all that bullshit, right? That's what it, what it feels like now because now it no longer suits you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need it anymore. And I'm starting to mm -hmm. realize that it's it's interesting. And today was the sort of aha moment for me. Right. Over the last three or four weeks with my brothers and sisters, we all sort of decided at some point in our life that we were just going to not let them win. You know, we're just going to carry on living our lives and, and we'll say like really horrific stories or things. And then we'll all just make jokes about it. Mm. And I'm sure that is a, also a coping mechanism. However, the, the triggers that are happening inside my heart, my brain are really a lot, you know, it, it, it's intense. So when I look at what I did, and of course I'm always hearing you, which is you did this because you had to, because you had to survive, because you had to protect your brothers and sisters or protect yourself. And I'm thinking to myself, who am I protecting now? everything's fine. <laughs> you know, like there's right. no need for all that nonsense. So. Right. And, and that's what we have to remember and feel. Yeah. Who are you protecting now? Same, same people. Sure. But they don't need the protection. <laughs> but they don't need it. Yes, exactly. Which includes you. Yeah. What we don't always consciously recognize is that we will seek out relationships where we reenact this. So. You are so good at Mama Bear, Sarah, 
being that like, I'll take care of anything. I can handle anything. I'll look out for this. I'll good. Yeah. So part of your brain, not you and, and the loving person that you are and the happy person that you are, but part of your brain recognizes part of a, some part of a relationship where, oh, I know how to be in this. I know how this works. I recognize this. And the things that are familiar to us draw us in. And we find comfort in the things that are familiar. They're not comfortable, but we find comfort there. So you've played out probably several relationships, whether it's working relationships, romantic relationships, friend relationships. You played them out because you know that role, because it's familiar, it's patterned. Absolutely. And now what we're doing is recognizing a different way of being, carving a new pattern as you embrace the abundance around you as you kind of have the it is what it is i can let go of things you will see the the relationships that now embody that and you will start to recognize that and appreciate that in the same way that you you told me about son getting frustrated when people just don't get it you will start to see that slightly differently yep and and even daughter getting really <laughs> bummed out that she got it would she get a c yeah. on something, <laughs> something right right it is what it is it's okay even when that happened and that wasn't that long ago that was a few months ago i think even then it was okay well let's look back let's go through the instructions let's do this let's do that that was okay that was absolutely okay that was fine but the part of you it's not going to be the pendulum going so far the other way but the part of you that's just going to go Hey, it is what it is. It's okay. Do better next time. Maybe do better next time. Or yeah, well, if you want, we can look at this. Oh, you do? You want to look at this? Well, yeah, let's take a look. From a different place, hmm. right? It'll, it'll sound and feel a little different. It will sound and feel different for sure, yes. Mm -hmm. But I, but, and again, this is, this is, you know, me sort of trying to look at myself in the future, adopting, <laughs> right. you know, what we're talking about now, what I felt today. There's still always a part of me that I don't like to give people excuses for not being the best they can be, because I don't think mm. that there is an excuse for that. And again, that has to go back to me and how I pulled myself out of a cult zero education, got the best jobs. You should see my resume. It's like the top 10 of the best companies ever. Hmm. And I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I had no education. I had no clue, but I just did it. And then I learned it and I did it well. And then I did it better. And then I did it excellent. And so people will hear less judgment or less expectation in my voice but there's certain standards for me that I think even if I become the happiest, sweetest, calmest person in the world, I will still have a, my kids are not supposed to get C's. I mean, come on now. Yep. And that part of you is fine. That can be there when it's part of you and it's part of a whole. When that's the whole of you, it's different. Absolutely. You sounded different talking about your resume talking about school, you, you sounded different. You shifted. Yep. It's interesting just as an observer and as somebody that won't be able to see you and will just listen to you, people might hear that there was a difference in how you've been talking most of the session and how you shifted when you were talking about, if you look at my resume, it's the top 10 companies and it's this and this and, and I've done that. And there was something about proving yourself, another P word. Maybe proving myself, but more in the context of not being less than excellent. And I, and I want that to not be in a stressful way, but I don't believe that you have an excuse. <laughs> they are choosing to meet expectations. Yeah. I don't know that that will ever be part of my choices in life. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. I think just meeting expectations, it's, it's what that means to you we're not okay with. The idea of good enough. Can I do something good enough? I hate that. Right. You hate <laughs> that because you hear enough. No, I just want to do it good. Why do I have to do it good enough? 
the question it w- we could ask is well, good enough for whom? I mean, the people who are scoring me, there are people who show up for work, do what they do and leave. They're not a bad employee. Mm-hmm. They're not a great employee. They're just an employee. They're just turning the wheels. They're just plugging in the numbers. And to me, that is, that's a sad life, honestly. And I, I don't want that for me. And I don't want that for my kids, for sure. I know that I made a whole bunch of big statements there. but <laughs> No, that's fine. It comes with the whole image. Like I think in, in sort of scenarios in my head. So good enough means, eh, yeah. I mean, you didn't do it wrong, <laughs> but you're not doing, you're not making anyone's life better. You're not making your environment better. You're not helping people move forward. And for you, it's good enough is lowering standards mm-hmm. because it needs to be great or exceeds expectations, right? I think for you, you take pride in what you do to do it with pride, take pride in what you're doing. And some people don't, and that's okay too. They're not worried about making things better or, you know, figuring out some new thing. They just leave work where it is and do what they do and go on holidays. I'm thinking about quality of life, right? Because we mm-hmm. we know I'm a super like extreme, extreme A-type personality, right? Everything has to be perfect, has to be done well. And if you don't do it well, we're going to go back and we're going to do it again. And I blame my father for the majority of this because he was that right. guy. It suits me. I don't like things that are not done the correct way or the best way or the most efficient way. It doesn't sit well with me. I'm just wondering quality of life, quality of life. What, what is it? Who knows? Maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe it's different to each person. It it is extremely. It is very subjective. And when we try to impose our subjective experience or method of evaluation on somebody else, it doesn't work and gets us into trouble. Yeah. And I'm poking at this with you. We're, we're poking I like the at poking. it because we're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I do, I do like to explore all the things, you know, because right. if I'm making all these changes, I want to have all the data. You know? <laughs> so my pendulum right. stops swinging at the right point. And it won't stop at a point. The pendulum doesn't stop dead center. It still oscillates. We'll find the zone that it's that you're comfortable with it going back and forth in. And there's something about what you were just talking about as subjective experiences. And I want all the data. I want to understand. I want to, okay. And some people will just think differently and be different and that's okay. And it takes a lot of energy to understand everybody's subjective experience and understand where they're coming from and where they are with certain things. I mean, that's, I mean, you better watch yourself because you'll become a therapist. (laughs) I was just going to say, I should have chosen a different career path. (laughs) Well, I I think, don't take this the wrong way, but I I don't think you would do very well at my job. I don't think so either. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why? Why do you think? And I'll tell you why I think, but why do you think? I think I would be a little too judgmental, maybe, or harsh. <laughs> like, well, obviously, that's ridiculous. Right, right, right. <laughs> or I would be far too kind, which I've seen myself do as well when I feel sorry for mm-hmm. somebody. So instead of giving them practical, logical, outsider advice, I would become very involved and feel somehow responsible for the person. So, Right. My two, you know, angel and demon on either shoulder would make me a terrible <laughs> therapist. Right. Therapists do therapy. They don't give advice. I think you, you'd make a great life coach in terms of like, I can tell people, I can give people advice. I can tell people how to do it Motivate because I've them. got a way. Yeah. I, I've got a way of doing things that works. It, it's efficient. It's better than good enough. Like, yeah, you want your life to be great. Come to me. Keep calm, Sarah. We'll tell you how to handle your life, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I wonder how you're going to take this. Let, let, let's see how this lands. Don't worry. The reason why I think you would not make a good therapist right now without training, you, you could absolutely. 
but without any training cold right now is you would have compassion fatigue. You are more of an empath than you might realize. And everybody talking to you about what's going on with them, you would take all of that on and it would be overwhelming. What do you think of that? No, that's a 100% true. It absolutely 100%. If I'm not turning it on its heel and turning it into a judgment, it's all coming in like all the time. I feel, I feel all of it. So yes, for sure. For sure. That makes sense. I would say even when it is turning on its heel and turning into judgment, you're still taking it on. Sure. And it's something you you don't realize because you just take it on. Yeah. It's something you said way back when you were a kid in the cult. Like, yeah, I can take it. And the whole idea that, that we're driving at now is Sarah doesn't want to handle it anymore. I really don't. Honestly, I'm I promise, like in the last two weeks, I've just started having this realization that I just really don't want to. I don't want to switch who I am because I I know that I'm a good person and I know that I'm a good friend and and I think those are good qualities, but I don't want to feel responsible for the whole world anymore. Yeah. I need to just be responsible for me, which is already a huge job. Well, and obviously my kids. (laughs) My kids, sure. I feel like I do more handling with my work colleagues and friends than I do with my immediate family. And I just want to stop caring about that. (laughs) I can almost envision something. I'll give it to you as a preview. We're not going to do it now. We're not ready to do it now. (laughs) When I start to explain it, you'll you'll kind of go, oh, I want to do that. Oh, right. But we're not there yet. Okay. That keep calm, Sarah. We'll handle it t-shirt. Yep. I want to orchestrate a fucking Viking funeral for it. Okay. What What's happening over there? No, I mean, that would be a big thing. Why you're not ready for that yet. It's that, oh yeah, that that's a big deal. It is. And whether you actually do it to that t-shirt or not, or we do it symbolically or not, the idea is the concept behind the shirt, that idea that Sarah will handle it. I don't want to handle it. I don't need to handle it. Let's let's have that go away. I like that. The homework that I would give you to prepare for this is to write the eulogy for that concept. Ooh, I like that. Right? We're not yes. there yet. You know, what you're doing is just starting to feel this and do this and how you've looked this entire session is lighter, is like, ah, I used to make you breathe with me. I know. You used to slow down and where you are right now. And look, next week when I talk to you, you might be amped up again. That's okay. Fluky. It doesn't mean see. Right. But that's, that's what I'm worried right, about. Right. Okay. But what's the definition of, of fluky in this case? How are we, how are we understanding it? Training. Yes. I, I have to train, retrain my neuro pathways right. slowly or, you know, slowly (laughs) it's not a fluke because you you did it and it started to create that pathway started to do this thing and if you do it again it'll reinforce it if you do it two months from now it will reinforce it if you think about doing it it will reinforce it so it's there it's not a fluke it's amazing no, it is. It's, it's like a super exciting feeling because this is the first time I've actually felt like something that actually I was able to materialize, like think and made it happen for a whole day, which yeah, that, that's like insane. I didn't even take a Xanax today. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's I awesome. I love that. So give yourself credit. That's saying, I did it. I know I can do it again. Now I need to do it again. How do I do it again? And I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Right? You are actively changing your brain, which is amazing. Yay. Yeah. Yay me. And we're back. So, Doug. Yes, ma'am. It was interesting because the last time I was here... You said, I really want you to listen to sessions further down the line. 
and right. this session, how many, do you know how many sessions it's been? Yeah, it's, it's two down the line. Only two? Yeah. You, okay. you did, you did her, her session number 14 with me. Got it. This is session number 16. Awesome. So does this mean you've had 16 sessions with her? Total. Or have you had grand more? total? Okay. Nope. Grand total, 16 sessions with her. Wow. All of them are on the podcast. You did number 14 and you're doing number 16. Got it. Okay. Well, what I will say is it's really cool to see her growth, which mm. is something we had talked about before already in 16 sessions. I think right. some people are like 16 sessions. That's a long time. No, it's not. Like no. it's really not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We it takes it takes hours to get to know somebody and then to understand them and you're still understanding them to do deeper work. But oh, you're yeah. already at the place with her of creating new pathways, new neural pathways in her brain to have a different emotional response to stressful mm. situations. Yeah, yeah. And and again, putting it in perspective, this is four months. Yeah. And wow. that's not a lot of time to develop trust, to get to know somebody. And what you and I talked about before, Bonnie, just two weeks ago, was looking at some of the things that she's trying to do or wants to do. Is she doing them because of our power dynamic, because she wants to do good, be a good girl, yes. please me, or is it really sinking in? And I'm, I'm constantly thinking of that and aware of that, yet, yeah, man, to hear how she's applying things, and we'll see, there's a couple little things in the session that I picked out along those lines especially because I knew I'd be breaking it down with you. I'm like, I know what Bonnie's going to be listening for here. Uh-huh. But you're, you're right. She is, I mean, the work that she's doing emotionally through this is to me incredible. She's not just yeah. intellectualizing things, which is where she comes from. She wants more data. She says that all the time. I want more data. I want more data. It's where she's safe. It's where mm -hmm. she's safe. Exactly. Yeah, to go on that note, you're right. That's exactly what I was thinking about. And I sat there listening going, nope, nope. She is applying this fully in her life. So I think at the start mm. of this session, she had a really stressful morning. I mean, you know, those mornings, <laughs> like everything's fucking going wrong. Like everything's right? going wrong. You're running late. There's literally nothing you can do. You're thinking of all the people that are going to be affected by you running late. And it just feels like I cannot get a break. She had that right. kind of morning going into the right. session. Exactly. Now it's, I was thinking too, like you and I could have the same exact day and we would experience that day differently. Right. So she was able to say to you, when this type of day happens, I am so overwhelmed. I am so stressed. Her anxiety's at a hundred. And mm -hmm. what happened today is she had that kind of morning and she was able to go, what did she say? Oh, it is what it is. Right. It makes me think about this idea, this reality that thoughts lead to feelings, feelings mm -hmm. lead to actions or behaviors, and that's a quick fire all the time. So right. it may seem like, okay, that's okay. That's pretty simple. It is what it is. It's like, no, her saying it is what it is allowed her anxiety and her stress to drop down. Maybe she didn't speed while driving. Maybe she was like, you know what? Maybe she entered in less stressful. That thought, that new thought that you said is, no, that's so important because this is a new way of thinking for you. Right, right. Just one yeah. new thought can change yep. everything. Yeah, and it's with that, man, now my neurons are firing like crazy just as oh, you were yeah. talking about this. I'm thinking for her, she said, but it was probably just a fluke. And we'll come back to oh, that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to use one uh -huh. of our terms. I'm going to put a pin in that because I'm going to okay. go back and say that she was saying this. It's a new thing. Like, yeah, I just thought about this or I heard your voice in my head or you'd be proud of me. And I'm thinking all of that's okay because whatever is helping create that new pathway right now and what you described, Bonnie, with the thoughts influencing the feelings, influencing the behaviors or actions, that's right. classic cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. Yes. And if there's yes. a distortion in the thought, you're looking for that and you change the thought. And if you correct that, then the feeling that you have will be congruent with the whatever the thought was, and that will yes. influence a different kind of action. And that's how you create some change. Great. Right. So she's doing that. And the way that I do that with her isn't to break out the CBT workbook and go, here's how we're going to challenge your thoughts and work through this. And I want you to keep this log every day. People can do that and that can work. 
we're right. doing it. And four months in, she's doing it herself. Yes. Yes. Right? Amazing. Amazing work that she does. I loved the fluke thing. I, I love that you stopped that. Yeah. Because that is a pattern of hers to minimize herself. Mm -hmm. I noticed that in the last session I, I listened to. Right. And you totally stopped that. And you said, let's listen. Okay, so it's one time. Okay, so she heard you. I love when clients give us credit because it's like, I didn't stop and jump <laughs> in your head. I was right. doing my own thing with my wife. I'm a kid. Like You brought me there and that's okay. You might hear my voice for now. Eventually it'll become your own. Right. 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 So yep. she's going, yep. maybe it was a fluke. And you're going, what if it wasn't? Sure, it's yep. one time, but how can we think about this in a way that that really drops us down where you can be proud of yourself and you can create that new pathway of thought? Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's that's I'll go I'll go meta and bring it back here. When clients are hearing our voice in their head, that's still them. You know, it yeah. just takes on that personality. And when people look at dreams and in dreams, oh, everybody is you. They're just different manifestations and your unconscious mind is just thinking of things in different ways. Yeah, that's what that is. Hearing your therapist's voice in your head is still you. you. It's not somebody yep. judging you. It's somebody there with you representing a voice that resonated with you. And you're now taking it on, like you said, Bonnie, making it your own, right? Right. Some clients, I say a lot like, oh, well, what would you say to little Sarah? Well, would you be that cruel to her or would you be a little kinder to her? Like, what would it sound like to her? And some clients will hear their therapist voice talking to the, the little Bonnie or the little Doug, right? Yeah. And that's fine because that really is their new parenting voice to themselves. Right, right. right? And eventually, well, at least what I hear from a lot of my clients is sometimes I hear you, but now I, it's just me. Just how I do it. Yeah, it's just it's we don't even need to talk about it. Like it, there, there's been that big of a shift, right? In right. the way I'm thinking about myself, other people in the world, and what yeah. you said, and it's a word I love to use in in my own therapy practice as a therapist is just the word of permission. Like, what are you giving yourself permission to feel? What are you mm. giving yourself permission to not feel? I don't think Sarah was giving herself permission to see this as it right. not being a fluke, but you challenged her and, and you said, give yourself permission to see this change, not as a fluke so that she's created a new, I think you said ski slope of possibility to think in a different way, which right. if we can think in a different way. We can also usually feel a different way because our thoughts and our feelings are so closely tied together. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she noticed feeling different, which is really cool. Yeah. And yes, the, the new ski trails, that's, that's a, a CBT sort of analogy I use all the time, carving yes. new trails in the snow and, and giving people the visual for that. And it's, it's not that easy. Sometimes you, you have to carve a new trail out of bounds where one didn't exist before. But when you get off the chairlift, there's the way we go. Normally, we just go that way because the grooves are there and that's or everybody else is going there. And that's how we think. She's doing something differently and her saying a couple times, you'd be proud of me. She actually mm. said it. I, when I listened to the session again, I heard her say, I'm proud of me. I'm proud of myself. And then she uh, said, I'm proud of you, proud of you. But it, it was checking in with that. And she was like, yeah. no, I really am proud of me. And I love that she said this line. She was like, yeah, it's sort of like I'm, I'm playing reverse psychology with myself which right. was so cool. It's like, you know how you do that for kids? And I love that she did that because yes. now instead of making it subjectively about her, she's looking at her kids. It's still subjective, but she's looking objectively about how we can do this with my, with kids. I do this with my kids. Now I'm doing it to myself. To myself. Right? Yep. Yeah. She's, she's having some big shifts, even yeah. just the pendulum swinging, learning to set boundaries um, she said, I don't want to feel responsible for the world anymore. I don't, I remember that because I was oh, like, oh yeah, right. That was a big line. That's a big line. And right. what was her shirt? Keep calm. Sarah will handle it. Exactly. Or something. Yep. And I'm like, I'm going to make a shirt that says keep calm. Sarah will not handle it, but we'll wish you well. <laughs> I love right? that. I mean, that's why we referenced the shirt that we are making for the podcast that says, yeah relax, nothing's under control. It's sort of the, right. the inverse of that because it's yes. when you realize nothing's under control, then you can relax. 
not like right. I don't care what happens. And I think you're right. It was just going, yeah, I'm not going to handle it. I'm going to let you handle it. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to be cool. I'm dropping my guard. And that's what it was funny to me that she said, giving herself that permission and uh, allowing herself to not control it. She said, yeah, it felt as, as liberating as it was when I did MDMA. Yes. Have your Molly moments. Exactly. Exactly. Which is really cool. And I'm not an advocate for drugs. I'm saying if you've had that experience and you equate it with that, cool. That's what it's all about. It's about letting go of how much control you think you need to have and you're trying to have. That's so exhausting. And I, I love that she's experiencing, oh, wow, this felt different and I didn't need to do this anymore. And ah, it felt great. Right. I think I said to you a couple of weeks ago, she's not at the point of being able to meditate, but she's getting closer to it. And this gets you a step closer. Totally. Another skill that I thought of with her that could be good is a, a DBT skill mm -hmm. that I learned when I used to do DBT many years ago of checking Ooh. the facts. It seems yeah. so simple, but it's, it's not. It's like, okay, so you're running late. Check the facts our imagination of somebody else getting mad or then this meeting gets canceled, then this per that's what usually creates the anxiety. So checking right. the facts is what are the facts? I am right. 10 minutes late. That's it. Right? right. What do we know? Our imagination is usually what creates a fury of anxiety. Um, but if you stick with just the facts, here are the facts and I'll do this to myself. What are the facts? Put everything, my imagination, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My catastrophizing, all of it aside, is my emotion matching up to what I know for sure? Right. And oftentimes the answer is no. And that's a way <laughs> I can kind of calm myself, drop down. Uh, and I would say a lot of times no. And then you can compartmentalize it and go, okay, it's not matching. Let me take this to my therapist and find out why. Right, right. now, I'm going to try to match the facts a little more. Right. Right. Yep. And it's, I think of, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you'll know the old TV show dragnet. You will definitely remember this line, just the facts, ma'am. Right. And it's these two detectives that are like talking to somebody and somebody's telling them this whole incredible story about what's going on. Well, a lot of, a lot of officers and lawyers are trained to just listen to facts. They don't care about all these extraneous details. They want just the facts so they can the process facts. things that way. We, as humans, want to tell the story, want to have the emotional connection, want to have yes. something make sense. And checking the facts, great, great DBT method. It's also used a lot in CBT. Are you jumping to conclusions? Let's check the thought, check for distortions. And we do because we create a story, we create a narrative, and then we start to believe it and we just hear everything through that lens. Totally. She might have brought this up, but I, it could have been a part of it with running late. Like I, I am a chronically early. Like I used to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. I kid you not. I'd get there 20 minutes early, sit in my car, wait till like the minute before and then <laughs> to walk, walk in. into the waiting room. So, right. And then my therapist one time was like, what if you were late? Like what, what would happen? It's right. like, I will die. <laughs> and right. then you'll hate me. And, you know, it's like we tell these big stories and it really informs how we show up in the world. But now if I'm running late, instead of panicking, because literally panicking is not going to get the cars to move any quicker on the freeway, I right. will put on, right. I will opposite action it and I will put on my favorite music and sing and just like give myself a totally different experience. It's interesting because what you're talking about and what Sarah's going through and realizing, and I've, been saying it to her quite a bit over the first four months, what she did and what she learned in the story she was telling was necessary for her survival. And right. she was, she learned how to do certain things to cope, to get her through. And she's recognizing it. It's amazing. And then she busted out that like, yeah, but now when my brothers and sisters are going through some things and talking about some things, like I realized that I don't need to protect everybody now. That's when you said the thing about taking on the responsibility for everybody. Right. She doesn't have to do that now, which is great. And she's, I think, being able to see it around her. That's when I said something about, I don't know exactly what I said, but looking at where we have a certain story, we have a certain narrative about ourselves. 
then in our relationships, consciously and unconsciously, we fall into that familiar role. Yes. Right. I actually made a note of loving that conversation between the two of you that we can unconsciously and sometimes consciously pick partners or people in your life to play out old patterns. Right. 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 And I see that it's interesting when I work with couples and I get to know more of their past, I very quickly am like, I see why you picked each other, but are we, Mm -hmm. are we still trying to heal an old wound maybe with a parent or a primary caregiver with the partner? And they're falling short every time, right? right? I saw that in my relationships too of my felt experience as a kid was feeling like number two. So mm. I would pick mm. partners unconsciously where I probably wasn't going to be their number one, but it was like, if I can make you right. really choose me, then right. it will heal that that feeling I had when I was a kid. But ultimately, as cliche as this might sound, I had to choose myself. And through Mm. that process of choosing myself, I was then able to pick a really healthy life partner where I guess I'm her number one. I mean, I think our kid is her number (laughs) one, but I don't even think that way. Like there's no thought in my head. That's like, I better be Mindy's number. (laughs) It's just there. But ultimately like I'm my number one and she's her number one. And that, that makes the functionality of our relationship healthy. Yeah. And it comes from you don't need to be anyone's number one anymore. Nope. You're your own number one. It's funny that we're talking about this and we're talking about Sarah's growth. Lest you think she's done growing, it was really cool to hear her kind of say two things I picked out on this note. One was, yeah, you should see my resume. Like it's the top 10 best companies ever. And I had no education. I didn't Mm -hmm. know what I was doing. And the enunciation comes back. And I think we called that out. Mm-hmm. And that story of like, I, I can't be good enough. I can't be meets expectations. I need to exceed. I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at what that means. And she brought in, you know, father and, and how that was and how that relationship was and looking at imposing our own experience on somebody else or some other yeah. people, which ties into what you and I were talking about two weeks ago with characteristics of OCPD, where you need the world to follow your way of doing things, right? Yes. And I keep poking at it. And I said, I'm poking at it. She's like, Oh, yeah, no, I like you poking at it, right? Yeah. Another tool. So she doesn't feel like I'm judging or anything. I'm noting something. And I'm saying, Yeah, I'm going to keep tapping at this. Yes. And what was, I think, so cool in this as a therapist listening back to it, is she's recognizing intellectually, yeah, I see that. And and I've got to stop that. Oh, and you're calling it out with my kids too. Yeah, yeah. And I said the thing about when her daughter got a C. Right, And she said a throwaway line that meant a lot to me. Okay, what was it? She said something like, um, you know, when I mentioned like C's, uh, she said, do better next time. I'm like, well, maybe, but Hmm. let's look at that. Let's loosen this up. Let's, Let's see. And the throwaway line was like, yeah, but we don't get C's. Yes, that's what it was. And it was, it was like, yeah, that you're right. That's fine. That's cool. Yeah, you're, you're right. But we don't get C's. Right. So it's still there embedded. Who decided that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I hear you in that she's, I think this part of it, she's hearing intellectually and you're going to keep poking at it and it's going to keep dropping down till it really clicks emotionally. Right. And she starts to shift because again, that's another narrative. We don't get C's, right? Or right. she has this really strong narrative that in every episode I've listened, she mentions how judgmental she is, right? right? And you helped her identify this narrative. She's judgmental because that's a defense mechanism, yeah. right? It all goes back to survival for her. So I, I right. wonder if eventually she'll either stop calling that out or she will frame it maybe in a different way. Because it's a way she's a little bit, you know, she pokes at herself. Well, I'm judgmental. Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, we're all judgmental, right? Yeah. The, the throwaway, it was funny because the throwaway line is right after she said that. Because she said, yeah. my kids are not supposed to get seeds. And then she says, hmm. I mean, come on now. I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah. And we could let it go for a minute in here. Like I didn't, I didn't scratch at that in this. Mm-hmm. There is something there because that's telling me it's unconsciously embedded. It's it's story. 
Yes, it's deep. So it'll be interesting as we let go of some of these things consciously, does some of that start to loosen too? And that's where right. you pointed out that she doesn't want to feel responsible for the whole world anymore. She just wants yeah. to be responsible for herself. You know, what she said is already a huge job. Right. Can you imagine? I mean, she's already starting. She's she's getting it. Like this is clicking for her. She's she's having such incredible self-awareness around herself mm -hmm. and how she is in the world, how she views the world. And you're starting to see these changes, but there's obviously more to go as there is right. for everyone. I'm just thinking, you know, when you're sitting with a client or for me sitting with a session going, the possibilities for you of change here are so huge. Like how free she's going to feel to let oh, yeah. go of the responsibility of everyone. Right. Just how light she will feel. Mm -hmm. I'm just excited for her really. Yeah. I, I love it. I mean, that, that's partly why I love taking the journey with clients because early on I can see where change is going to be so amazing. And there's such a, a different way of life. That's what they want. Not my agenda, what I want for them. Totally. I want what they want. Funny, I even brought up the example of <laughs> why she would not be a good therapist right now. That was hilarious. <laughs> right? And it's it's funny that she was like, oh yeah, I, I'd be too judgmental or too kind. Like I wouldn't like, it's right. funny that she's pulling out her own characteristics and seeing yes. what wouldn't work. And it wasn't actually what I was trying to hit. I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty telling. And we hit the, the compassion fatigue. What's funny, Doug, you know, she was going into it and I'm at first I'm like, okay, what, where's Doug going with this? What's he going to say? <laughs> and right, right before you said it, I knew exactly what we were going to say because it's so true mm. and real mm. for her. It's not that she can't help people. It's right. just that she would literally just take it all on. We cannot be effective therapists or have healthy relationships in our life if we're taking on our clients' anxieties, our clients' trauma, as much as we love and care for them. It's right. not in their best interest either if we do that. Right. It really is their process and just being along for it and not taking it on, not judging it, none of that. It's something that I think a lot of new therapists that I've trained or worked with they come out of school or they come out of the training and they think that they need to provide value for their client every session. Yes. And I need to give them something like what you're giving them is a healing relationship and they're going to heal through that. Right. And even when, when Sarah was saying, you know, yeah, I think I'd be, well, I'm a little judgmental, but I, I, I could give good advice or I could do this. And I'm like, well, no, we don't give advice. Nope. You want to be like a motivational speaker? You can do that. Right. We give tools. We give skills. Totally. We reflect. We use metaphors sometimes. We use humor sometimes. But you just, we're showing up. We're being present. We're right. having, offering right. a healing relationship. That's what we're doing. Yeah. It's cool to see the, the process. It's cool to see the progress. It's It really is. And <laughs> I loved <laughs> Sarah's last line from the session, kind of going back to her shifting neural pathways and making change. And she right. said, I didn't even take a Xanax. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that's partly what she came in for initially was like, oh, this panic that's coming up. And right. I'm going to love, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, this is five months ago from where we are today. So I don't remember if this happened, but we make reference to the Viking funeral for her keep calm, Sarah will handle it t-shirt. And I yes, don't remember yes. if we actually did the writing a eulogy for that shirt. What would that sound like? What would that do? It, it opened the brain space for her to think totally. about things in that way. Yeah. Totally. Love having funerals for old patterns, old ways of thinking, right? Right. Completely. Yeah. Again, she's, you're not done with your work with her, but it's, right. she is actualizing this. Like it is happening. That's very totally. clear. And you're, you're able to reflect that. Yeah. The same situation could have happened to you maybe even a month ago and it would have felt different. Yeah. I think she is walking through changing some things about how she responds to her past. We can't change right. our past. Nope. 
friend of mine has a great line says, if we learn from our past, memory becomes wisdom. And Sarah always looking for data points, always looking for give me information like, okay, well, well, maybe your past and those memories can be your wisdom. And we learn from yeah. that and we can be different going forward. To me, it's really big for her to be different with her kids and different in that relationship and, and what that means. Right. Because it will be a reflection of the relationship she has with herself. Absolutely. Well, she's, I can tell she's trusting and loving herself more and you can see how that's playing out. Good work. Good work, Doug and Sarah. Thank you very much, Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for joining me again, Bonnie. It was always a pleasure to talk. Well, that's not true. It's often a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> thank you. I, I appreciate the honesty. That's right. And you guys feel free to check us out next week. Dive back deeper in the past to hear some other episodes. You can hear me working with Drew. We're on Patreon if you want to hear continuing episodes with Drew. We are all over your social media. Search for Your Mental Breakdown. You will find us on the TikTok, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, no longer MySpace or Friendster or I think the Tinder profile might be down, Bumble's off. I don't know what, we, what else we have. What else is there these days? Raya. Oh, yeah, Raya. That's right. That, that's one. No, we're not famous enough for Raya yet. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Were you on MySpace? I'm sorry. I have to know. MySpace? Of course. Yeah. Do you know? You know MySpace. Oh, I know MySpace. Right. Yeah. MySpace originally was like for bands. So when I had a band, yeah, I was on MySpace. I think I, there was some point where I think it was Justin Timberlake. It, it was either Justin Timberlake or Jay-Z was bringing, trying to bring MySpace back and have it be wow. like mostly for music. Clearly it did not work because that was a few years ago, but yeah. Listen, I, I had a music profile on MySpace too. I, I don't want to talk about it. I, I uh -oh. did me, my guitar, an emo little lesbian. Wow. That's what all, it was. All right, listeners, we're yeah. going to say goodbye so that I can drill Bonnie <laughs> on the emo lesbian guitar MySpace page. I got to make sure that's not out there somewhere. That's <laughs> I am Googling it right now. You better hurry up. So embarrassed. All right, guys, I'll be back next week. If you want to make us happy, leave us a review, give us some stars or ratings wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you don't, just come on back and keep listening and tell a friend. It helps. Bye. Bye.